Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. All right, welcome inside the freshest edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. Hey, thanks for being with us. You can always download this entire beautiful podcast for your listening pleasure. Poetic in itself by simply going to iTunes searching permission granted and you get them all there and then also it's on our normal da show feed in itunes and it's on our website da on cbs.com next week beginning on monday marks another year on radio row for us we'll be live in houston doing the show now i'll be heading down there solo moraz will be manning the mothership back here at the cbs sports radio studios And, Mraz, I wanted to pick your brain here because going down to Radio Row without you leaves me without a bit of a a security blanket. What do you think is the most annoying thing that you want to avoid when you're doing shows from Radio Row? The most annoying thing from your perspective as a host? Just what you don't want from the show or what's maybe something that's inevitable? Okay, I'll give you something that's inevitable that's annoying. Inevitably... No matter what guests you've pre-booked, they're going to be late, or at least 90% of them are. Right. So we could put together, you know, a nice little bracket of this one's at this time, this one's at that time. And if you book guests, let's say, 20 minutes apart, there's a chance that guest, that first guest you booked, and probably a good chance, is going to not end up showing up until that next guest would have been slotted in. Right. And then you're almost rooting for that guest to be late, so you get this guest in. But if that guest happens not to be late, then you end up with two guys on the set at the same time. So I think it's just the timing because all these PR representatives and stuff that are always, you know, whether it's player agency reps or whether it's, you know, people pushing products with these athletes or coaches, they're all about, you know, kind of keeping a 10-minute intervals. But inevitably, 10 minutes turns into 15 minutes. And then these guys end up at sometimes an hour behind their normal schedules. Do we have to then make sure that we buffer in between every guest 10 to 15 minutes? You know, it's funny you say that. It's not as easy as it seems. I would think that. And listen, I'm still pretty new to Radio Row. This would be my third Super Bowl booking because we did the one in New York. Right. I was there with you with that. I was there with you with San Francisco. This one I'm booking right. from afar. right. It's easy to say that, but a lot of times you end up kind of like at the mercy of them. Like, hey, listen, I have three times available, you know, because everybody has most of the same people on. They get booked up pretty quickly. So it's, you know, it's not that easy to say, hey, well, we have this guest at this time. I know you want to come in, you know, 20 minutes later. Can we give it to you 40 minutes later? Then they could pass on you all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think it's good radio on Radio Row when shows have guests every segment no i do not 
So should we try to not do that? I think we should. I think it I my personal thought would be, and we've discussed this, you know, one guest an hour is great. I don't even mind two guests an hour, but I think you should have one open segment each hour. Because the most ironic part about Super Bowl week is you're there on Radio Row and you have great guests telling great stories. And I'm a big trip down memory lane guy, or even, you know, when you have current players on, yeah. they're talking about current stuff. But, you know, at some point, can we talk about the game that's upcoming? You know, we sit there and we preview all year long all these games, and then it comes time for the Super Bowl, and it's as if we never get a chance to break down the game itself leading into it. Well, that's interesting because sometimes it feels like by <clears throat> Super Bowl week, We've broken down the game so much because it's now week two that everybody is just suffocated by by breaking down that one football game. I guess that's fair, but I feel like still that like this week we're in now is a lot of still reaction and kind of like what really happened in the championship games with mm. I mean still a fair amount of Super Bowl preview sprinkled in, but like as you get closer, like that momentum builds and you could taste the Super Bowl ahead of you, you still want to get in that last minute, you know. Talk and maybe maybe we're looking at it differently because we're not looking at it from a fan's perspective, you know. But I, as a listener, when I was young, growing up listening to radio row shows, I was always into the guests. But at the same time, I was like, ah, can I get a take here on the Broncos Falcons? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So, I wonder also if is it important to get guests that people have heard of, like celebrities, big names, or is it important to get guests that are interesting because? When you're on Radio Row and everybody is live from there, you know, 85% of the radio shows you'll listen to, like you said, it's a lot of the same guys. If Joe Montana comes around, everybody wants Joe Montana. Right. But is it is it maybe more important to get guys that are interesting? Like last year, who was... Who was the – was it a Raven? Brandon Williams, defensive tackle, who now is one of the best defensive tackles in football. Got up and he was doing the uh, the dance from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Brandon Williams, that's right. It was Brandon Williams, and he was, he was giving us the big guy dance. Right. And that was hysterical. Now, at that time, people didn't really know who Brandon Williams was, but that – was actually one of our favorite, one of our best interviews last year. For sure. I think I think you have to find a balance. If you're just putting up interesting guests of like, you know, maybe B-level guys. Right. And you can find a good story. Yeah, that's fine. But you still want to know, like, when you walk away and turn off the DA show after four hours, go, man, that was, pr- like last year, that was pretty cool. Jameis Winston was on today. You know? And you'll remember Ken the- Griffey Jr. Right. Ken Griffey Jr. Like, you'll remember the, the big guests. Right. You know, f- just by name, but you still want to hear the interesting stories, too. I think you just have to find a balance. Yeah. I truly do. And you can't stuff it too packed because then it's just tossing from interview to interview. No, I agree. And I also would say when it comes to those guests that you know everybody's having on, like everybody's had two Toll Jones on. He's been on every show. (laughs) But, like, they're still interesting guests. I think, um, and if I was ever, like, my own host at Radio Row, and this isn't, you know, anything for you, I think the key here, and I think you've also said this in the past, too, is – even if it's one question out of the eight or so you get to ask them that you have, you know, really done a little background on and just tried to find something different that somehow they have not been asked on Radio Row. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge because you know? everybody is hitting up the same people. Right. It's the same, you know, what'd you think of the Super Bowl in 1970, this, that, the other. It's just find something in their past that nobody's tapped into. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got that coming up. The other thing is, do I think. One of the things that has been best about our Super Bowl weeks have been the stories off the air. Oh, for sure. You and Brock living together, Kenny and the Pooh Bear. And then last year, Full House of Pancakes and us going to see the Full House house and 
walking through crack alleys and stuff like that. Timeless classics. Yeah, so I think hosts don't really do a lot of that because they basically shuffle from convention center to hotel and maybe to the hotel bar or maybe they just go to a restaurant. But even in that shuffling, there is so much stuff that they don't even realize is funny going on around them. Or it's that, interesting because it's just a unique fish-out-of-water situation. Right, exactly. You could really tap into, and if you're there doing the interviews, make the listener feel like you're there. Tell a good story, you know, in a segment like we do with those, you know, Mraz with his shirt off, you know, sleeping on Brock's couch, you know. There's stuff there for every host to tap into. There's something there. So I'm going to be... Trying to do as much as possible next week in Houston, not only for Nomad, but for the show. So I feel like I'm going to have a lot of potential interesting things, nuggets to talk about. And so that's that's the other balance. You got all these interviews. You want to break down the Super Bowl, but you also got to weave in a few of the, the man on the street things. You have to. I think that's in, I think that's the only way to go about it. And it also gives somebody else something, like if you're a listener that really enjoys our show and we do a lot of this wacky, goofy stuff, uh, you know, I mean, geez, last night I was crowned with a do-rag from Bart Scott. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're part of your our listener base wants that. Mm-hmm. And I think you almost have to give that to them. It gives them, you know, a little carrot to look forward to each show. I can't wait to hear what happened in Houston today. Yeah. So that's all coming up next week right here on the show. We'll be on Radio Row from the Houston Convention Center. Now, I did want to get into that, how how cool you must have felt last night when Bart bestowed upon you the do-rag pantyhose on your head. Yes, I, you know what? I felt like a million bucks. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I've always, I said this to you last night, I am like the kid, when I got good grades, I needed like the video game. I need the reward. I need a big reward. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy, when I do something well, reward me. If I'm going to get spanked, so to speak, when I do something bad, yeah. when I do good, I, I need the pat on the back. Does Danielle do that for you? Uh, if... She doesn't reward me enough, but when, <laughs> when she does, it makes me feel good, you know? Sure. I, I genuinely feel like if I get rewarded, you know, once every two weeks for doing something good. Once every two weeks, that's a lot of rewards. A lot of rewarding, but I genuinely feel like that'll keep my wheels, you know, going, and I think you get a better morass for it. I really do. Yeah, wow. So you can't really self-motivate. No, I need to feel appreciated. Okay. It's a sickness. Yeah. I mean, every two weeks is a lot. I, mean, I that's, know that's kind of almost needy. I, I'm readily admitting I have a problem. Yes, I yeah. need to be. I need to feel appreciated. It's just in me. Do you see the other producers behind the scenes needing that validation as well? No, that but often I, I don't. But at the same time, I see them looking a lot more miserable than I do. That okay. if I feel like if they okay. maybe they don't think they need it, but if they got it, maybe they'd be a little more happy. So, what would qualify as a reward for doing a good job on the show? Whew. What would uh, qualify? Like a video game, that's a lot. I mean, that's, you know, that's maybe once a semester. Uh, you know what? I'm easy to be pleased. That's you like know, 50 bucks. Let's say I do something that isn't necessarily in my job criteria, but you, maybe you feel like, you know what? He really went the extra mile. Went the extra mile or, you know, he put up with a lot of a lot of crap, a pull through. You know, walk in here with one of those Jacques Torres cookies from the Halloween Nomad. Okay. Mraz, I just want to take care of you. I want to let you know that was a good job like that. Feeding the hogs. All of a sudden, you got a very productive Mraz for a week until he slacks off again, okay. in which case he gets perked up again. No, the Jacques see. Torres cookie in two weeks. <laughs> it's an endless sick cycle. So it's uh, it's really the incentive game. That's it's, what you're really looking for. And I'm not admitting it's right. I'm not admitting it's sure. proper. Well, you can't. I'm just admitting it's reality. <laughs> That's how, the bottom line. How did we get on this? Oh, oh, the Bart, Bart Scott. Scott thing. Point is, he gave me a homework assignment to watch The Wire. He felt like I needed to uh, experience, you know, what you know some life could be like in the corners in these lesser areas. <laughs> right. And he told me that was the realest movie or TV show I could watch to get like that. Yeah. 
and I got really into it. Yeah. I would me and him would text while I watch episodes. Wow, we have a, a huge text log going back and forth where he was you know bring up that's a good point that you brought up. Watch for this, and we had good character. So I was bringing him my homework, almost like written papers, if wow. you will, through text messages. So he was like genuinely pumped that I did this, and he felt like he felt like I you know he brought me along. Bart Bart has a very odd brain because <laughs> you think because. Sometimes he is so loud and so brash and he forgets things like on the cuff and doesn't know where his point is going to be and all of that. And you're like, man, this guy has been through a lot of football. Right. And then on the other hand, like he can recite specific lines from a specific scene in a specific episode of a, of a show or something he hasn't seen in years. Years. His memory like, bank for that is crazy. It's, it's insane. Like he probably has not seen The Wire my guess is maybe five years, right? But I mean, he he knows what exact episode I was oh, up to. Yeah. He goes, wait till you see what happens in the next episode. And he and you know he would know what I'm watching. He texts me an hour later. Did you see when this happened? It's like, dude, you haven't seen the show in 13 years. Like maybe he's seen The Wire more recently. But I know there's films that he saw once or twice in the 80s, and he's given us lines from them. It's insane. He's got this incredible photographic memory for. For TV show and movie details. It's it's insane. I really give him credit for it. It's I, incredible. You it really know, is. He's kind of like me when you remember useless Giants facts from 20 years ago. Yeah. It's so impressed in his brain. It is the most fascinating thing ever. I mean, I, I've watched the entire series of The Wire within the last two years probably. And he he can give, he'd give you a thousand percent more of the quotes and probably hasn't seen it in three times as long. He really motivated me. He rewarded me. And I'm all the better for it. The Mraz Incentive Game here on CBS Sports Radio. So side B coming up, and you guys talk about the wild and woolly week that was. Last week was just the craziest week of the DA show, I personally think, since James Ward and Joe became part of the DA wow, show. okay. So we're going to kind of have a roundtable here and discuss what we thought were the strangest moments and kind of dissect and digest. Okay. All right. I like that. The weird and wacky week that was. This is side A, and now coming up right now, it's side B. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome into Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. This is Mraz, the host of Side B on the PGP and the executive producer of the DA Show. We got a special threesome. We love a little threesome action here as James Ward joins us on the phone for maybe the first time in 2017. Hello, James. What's going on, Mr. Mraz? I'm doing good. We also got Joe D with us over here. Joe, what's up, Shawnee boy? You're not going to say what's up to James? James, how are you? A little three-way podcast action, huh? A little three-way. I thought this was a good time to get in on a three-way because last week has to be by far, I mean, because we're only three weeks into 2017, the strangest week of 2017 on the show, and maybe the strangest week since either of you guys joined the show because one after another with the dominoes last week, just fell so much so that Friday we had to play a top five strangest moments of the week. Uh, James, your big takeaway from last week, what was the most bizarre situation to you? The most bizarre situation to me, uh, I think it's the Isaiah Thomas interview because I think that was only <laughs> one of the few moments I was a part of. Obviously, the the Hurricane Jen stuff made made waves on social media, and we even had a caller call in to respond about the Hurricane Jen stuff. But as a big-time Knicks fan, the Isaiah Thomas interview really sealed the deal for a wild week on the mothership. Just the fact that he sort of answered DA's two questions about the Knicks, 
and then abruptly decided that he had to leave after they had pushed the interview up 45 minutes to accommodate him. So, again, Isaiah is a guy that always has a special place in my heart. The fact that we had him for, what, 90 seconds on a Thursday night, I, I don't think that's one that I'll forget. Yeah, it was it was certainly strange. And I want to stress that as as strange as that interview might have happened, I don't necessarily think that was Isaiah Thomas's fault. I believe there was some kind of cross-up over at Turner that's always been very good to us with guests, so I want to make sure we're taking care of him. And this isn't a shot at Isaiah Thomas at all, but it, that moment just spoke to how strange the week the week really was. Joe, what was your strange moment of the week? The most bizarre moment definitely had to be um, when D.A. completely destroyed you for uh, crushing Betty White on, on Trash Tuesday. Which and was unfair, but okay. I don't think it was unfair considering you said that you'd take a picture with her and then tell everyone that she smelt like roast beef. I've <laughs> never heard that before. I've never even actually smelt a person and thought they smelt like roast beef. Well, let's just that, take... that crossed the line. That was that was. I mean, that was brutal. I, I, you, you said Betty White smells like roast beef. I said Would she you say that about your grandma. If she smelled like roast beef, sure. Now let's just be honest about something. If we met Betty White and she is an icon, and I and I stressed this last week, I think she's you know now become we're a little watered down with the Betty White enough. What do you think she would smell like, honestly? An old lady. What does an old lady smell like? Deli meats and per- bad perfume. Right? I have never met an old lady that smells like deli meat. Maybe they have way too much perfume on, maybe mothballs, but not roast beef. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I would definitely go mothballs over roast beef. You don't think that Betty White could throw down at Arby's? No. 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 You guys, are, she's not a thin woman. What does that mean? She can eat. She's eaten roast beef before. That doesn't mean she smells like roast beef. I mean, I think you guys are nuts. And are you are you jealous that she can eat and she's you know ninety five and <laughs> funny and successful and you're uh, here taping a podcast and me with me and Joe D. Okay, fair enough. I'm not successful. A little jealousy. I think I think he's jealous of the fact that at what ninety or however old she is that she's getting more run than Morales you know will, will ever get in his life. You know what? As I yeah. approach thirty, I'm going to make this statement. When I am said and done, I'm in the box. I will have had a better career in life than Betty White. That is a huge, bold statement, and you better start getting going on that because you're way behind. You know what? I'm going to make that statement. That's now she's my personal, you know, striving point. I'm going to have a better career than Betty White. Hey, if that's what you need for motivation, then go get it. But that also means that you can't be complaining about everything in the newsroom all the time. I don't think Betty White sits in sits in her uh, living room complaining about everything. How do you so. know? If I don't have a therapist, you know, if things are stressing me out, the newsroom's where I go. <laughs> do I need this? I don't need, no, I don't need that. Going back to DA just completely ripping you, I think if you dive deeper into what DA was saying, he was really getting a lot off of his chest about how much of a crappy job you do as an executive producer. Do you think? I think he was just playing to the crowd. Do you think he meant some of that stuff? No, I think he meant it. It was Trash Tuesday. He wanted a vent, and he let it out. He let it all out. Hey, behind every joke, there's a little bit of truth. Nailed no. it, Jimmy. Come on, I've done behind a good job. Behind every joke, there's a little bit of truth. I work hard. He doesn't think I work hard? Uh, you got to step up your game, big guy. Yeah, I would use work hard very lightly. Come on, you guys are the worst. The week I'm on freaking vacation, you both, your heads were spinning texting me so much. Now all of a sudden, I don't work hard? You, you, you punch in at 2 and you punch out at 10. Well, that's not true. I text guests throughout the, throughout the morning. You, you got him there, James. I'm not even yeah. going to answer this. I'm going to give you my strangest moment of the week. It has to be what happened with Phil Sims, even though it was a Sunday morning football situation. 
So for those, because this happened after last week's Permission Granted podcast, the Phil Sims incident was pretty simple. On Wednesday or Thursday of last week, I guess it was Wednesday. Thursday, Thursday morning. Thursday well, Thursday morning. morning. But Wednesday I got a text from uh, our PR person at CBS who does a wonderful job asking if we wanted to tape with Phil Sims. So spoiler alert for those of you who haven't noticed, sometimes we have to pre-record interviews. Not everybody could do live interviews. And, James, I would venture to guess that a lot of the time on Sunday morning football, this is the case because it's hard to get people to wake up early on a Sunday morning to talk some NFL when they're at various games and such. Correct? Right, right. Sunday oh. morning is a, is a big instance where we, we get kind of the big names in the NFL when we can get them. And, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, some of those interviews are taped. Right. So and, and we try to make them sound as live as possible. So, I mean, it really doesn't affect the interview one way or another if it's live or recorded. But the problem is when DA has to record some of these, sometimes big names are only available, let's say, in their morning. Like they're going on a morning radio tour, if you will. Phil Sims, being the lead CBS analyst, was only available in the morning. So how we would have to do this is DA will call in, like James is on the phone right now. Phil Sims will call in. Then it will be somebody back here at the shop who, in turn, is is recording this, like we're recording this podcast right now, off two phone pots. DA will then, when he arrives at the station, have to go back, re-listen to every question he asked, and then recite them into a microphone, in which case myself, James, or Joe will then go in and edit those questions over his phone-recorded questions, and together we have produced an interview that will sound like it's live in the studio. That's a little radio magic for you. So when this happened last week and we were doing it in a studio, which we share with WFAN, it was during the time that Boomer and Carton were on in the morning, and somehow I believe we were sabotaged into Boomer and Carton taking the interview and kind of hijacking it. So D.A. and Phil Sims both on the phone were taking it with Carton, and this just threw Phil Sims off. It threw D.A. off. When we played the clip on the show, you hear D.A. go, Hi, Craig. You could tell he was a little like, Are we going to lose Phil Sims here? And I just think that whole thing was just crazy. Uh, I kind of felt like our show was sabotaged. I don't believe it was an accident. I want that on the record. But for Definitely me— Definitely not an accident. I'm backing you 100%. It was—if you know the feeling behind that show, the Boomer and Carton show— on WFAN and CBS Sports Network on the TV side. There's a lot of hijinks involved. The fact that they were talking about Phil Sims right. 15 minutes before we started taping the interview with Phil Sims, it was not by accident that, that uh, Craig interrupted the interview. I would agree. Joe? Complete sabotage. So as a show, we sabotage. Now, as a show, do we? There's nothing we could do to answer back, right? We just kind of got to bite our tongue and be the funny guys. We can't, you know, we can't answer back. Yeah, I mean, they could sabotage us and get away with it. If we try to do anything slick in that department, we're going down the hallway and getting a stern lecture. Are they the Patriots and we're the Falcons here? No, like, you know, we're against the odds. No, they're the Patriots and we're the Browns. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Come on, we're better than the Browns. We yeah. don't go winless. Yeah, we're better than the Browns, but. I mean, we're in the bottom half. We're in the top 10 of the draft this year. You think? In terms of if we're comparing ourselves to them, yeah. Are we that low in the totem pole around here? I thought we had a good listener base. James, are we that low? You're around here more. Uh, I don't know if we're that low, but I think it's it's more it speaks more to the volume and the success of Boomer and Carton. They're pretty much, they could do whatever they want and not get in trouble for it. Whereas, you know, we're on, what, fart probation every other week. It's true. We got to watch out for the gas. And speaking of fart probation and people that likely fart, I guess this is going to be our weekly update <laughs> on the uh, Hurricane Jen situation here on the podcast. How did you just transition from fart probation to Jen? Well, let's be honest. Jen, Seamlessly. Jen ain't, <laughs> Jen ain't farting roses. Let's be frank here. <laughs> <laughs> this, 
There's no question. Last no, night, she smells like roast beef for sure. <laughs> She may be the only female that smells like roast beef. Nailed it. So this has been something we've been tracking. She was discussed on Trash Tuesday last week, and Monday she proceeded to curse me out on the phone, off the air. And uh, you guys have been behind the scenes where she continues to call every night, and she's been suspended until Tuesday, the day that we're actually taping this. And you guys will hear the way she talks to me. Now it's gotten to the point where I've gotten pretty nasty back. Is that fair to say? Yes, you have gotten very nasty back to her. Uh, nasty is an understatement. If you said some of the things you told Jen on this podcast, this podcast would no longer exist. Right, but she, you know, she wants to be a jerk. I had to defend myself. That being said, she, for whatever reason, you dopes keep putting her up on the weekend. We play a sound check clip on Monday night of Jody pull, pulls Hurricane Jen on with Jody Mack. I guess that was, which one of you idiots produced that? That was me. That was Saturday night. I knew it was Jen, and I knew I had to put her up. What? But why are you putting her up? Why? Because I wanted to have an easy sound check for Monday. So so you're looking to cut corners now. We're not trying to have the integrity. I'm always looking two steps ahead. James, are you putting up Hurricane Jen on your shows? No, I've never put Hurricane Jen up on any one of my shows. Oh, okay. okay, that's a producer okay. right there. Okay, hold on. In my defense, that was the first time ever that I put Hurricane Jen up on the weekend. She never calls any of the weekend shows. I'm there. In, week- fact, she, in fact, she called and I say, okay, Jen, not today. Call during the week. Wow. See, she's never called during the weekend nights. That was the first time she called and I put her up because I knew it'd be some it'd be gold for the show. In fact, the last time she called, I straight up lied to her. She said, "Okay, I want to talk to can I talk to Jody Mac?" And I said, "Oh, Jody Mac's not taking any calls." And then you proceed to take seven phone calls in a row after that, I'm sure. Right, right, 100%. She's not getting on any of my shows on the weekend. Well, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to give her one more chance with DA now that her suspension has been lifted, but if she gets on and she's pressing a bunch of buttons, acting like an idiot, and the other thing, if she gets put on hold and doesn't understand she may have to wait an hour to be on and hangs up 30 times, she's not going on either. Yeah. It's I can't, I can't I can't have that happen. At least Jonathan and George, if he's on hold for three hours, 45 minutes, will hang in there. You now, know what I mean? You bring Jonathan up, and, and I got to give Jonathan credit because Jonathan on Monday's show was oh, on no. hold for three hours. And we were going to post. We were going to get to Jonathan at some point, and, and Mraz said— No, we weren't. Mraz said, you know what? There's no way that Jonathan's there. He checked. He said, hello, hello. He wasn't there, so he hung up on he hung up on the line, which a lot of people do. Three minutes later, Jonathan called back. He was waiting nearly four hours to get on. Yeah. I mean, I give, I give him a lot of credit, but he, the problem, as we've mentioned before, when Jonathan calls, Jonathan will call as the top of the— beginning of the show updates going off and has no idea what our lead's going to be. So, like, he thinks he's, you know, bunking the system, but in reality, you're getting pushed to the back because you are you have a take that you don't even know has anything to do with our lead. At least he right. ha- at least he has some type of an idea, though, unlike Hurricane Jen, who just calls in to blabber. At least, like, he'll be like, uh, can I talk about the Falcons? All right, celebrity deathmatch claymations. Hurricane Jen versus Jonathan in Georgia. Who do you got? Oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny to even picture. See, I picture, I picture Jonathan just like slowly walking to the center of the ring, and Hurricane Jen's just doing like circles around him, like like almost like a you know uh, like Chun Li versus E Hondo in Street Fighter. Chun Li isn't he from Porn Stars? No, Chun Li the uh, the. The small Japanese like ninja girl from Street Fighter. Oh, I don't even know what you're <laughs> what you're referencing here. Uh, James, you, you didn't you watch Street Seinfeld? Fighter video game? Oh, you never played Street Fighter the video game? No, I was a Mortal Kombat guy. 
gosh, I'm so much older than both of you. Well, maybe the listeners will get it. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Jonathan. I, you got to take power over speed every day of the week. Okay, yeah. I mean, I feel like Jen would be more of a blabbermouth, but I don't know. Jen, Jen don't give up. You know what I mean? Just like the same way she'll just call in and berate me. I feel like she'd, she'd be hard, you know, to keep down in a celebrity death match. Jen's a but psycho. Jo- but Jonathan waits it out. He'll wait it out the whole match just to kind of see when he can get his, his spot mm. and get his shots in. That's a good point. Plus, you have to figure that Jen probably shows up to the ring either on drugs or alcohol. Jonathan is going to be sober and probably extremely calm after watching some Family Feud. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Jonathan. You got to take Jonathan in that. Jonathan. Match. Sorry, Jen. Okay, so Jonathan and Georgia will win the celebrity death match. One more thing here before I let you guys go. Uh, Bart Scott Wednesdays turned into Bart Scott Any Days, it seemed like, over the last couple of weeks. But uh, he's going to join DA, I guess, on Radio Row in Houston at some point. But other than that, we are done with the Bart Scott days until next football season. You know, we hope if, if that's still going to be the case. What uh, what are we going to do here on Wednesdays going forward or or for the week? Does anybody have any sort of plan post-football? I mean, as producers, what are we doing? No, it, it's actually kind of – I haven't seen Bart in a couple of weeks because, as you said, Bart Scott Wednesdays have quickly transitioned into Bart Scott any days. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss those Wednesday nights. Bart always comes with it. He brings a lot of energy to the show. He kind of wakes us all up for a couple hours. Uh, it's a different routine. We all have a lot of extra responsibilities we have to do on the Bart Scott Wednesdays, but – I'm going to miss these Bart Scott Wednesdays. Hopefully we can do it again next year. Yeah, I do too. And I don't know, like, we always find this problem here is football season ends. Like, what are we talking about? We talking about college basketball and the NBA now, full steam ahead. Then we're going to prep for NFL free agency in the draft. I mean, guest-wise, it's going to be tough to figure out relevant guests every night to get, you know, 10 a week for the DA show. And I can only imagine you guys on the weekend. Seems like you're already deflecting not having guests ready for Wednesday nights, huh? Well, I have nothing booked for tomorrow night, for Wednesday night. Nothing. Do you have anything booked for Tuesday night? At this moment, no. Well, you're off to a good start. <laughs> I got nothing. And, and by the way, Bart was on with us Monday night for two hours, no other guests. So that's how Sean's week's going. <laughs> we're, off, we're off to a hot start here. We're off Behind to Behind every joke, there's a little bit of truth. <laughs> but but uh, were you guys happy to see me crowned with my homemade do-rag by Bart? I finished my homework assignment. I mean, I was there Monday night. You look like a clown. And the fact that you brought the do-rag back on Tuesday night and you're wearing it is even more embarrassing. I feel like oh, the do rag video is so funny. I mean, but James, you got to be proud of me, right? You wanted me to get into the wire. I I finished the homework yeah. assignment. Bart was a man of his word. He crowned me. I feel like I'm in. And you liked it too, right? It was a great show. Oh, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm all in. I love one it. Of the, it's one of the better HBO shows of all time. Oh, uh, for sure. I think it's right up there with The Sopranos, and I actually think it's better than Breaking Bad. Yeah, I think the, those are my three. I mean, I'm not really sure what order to put it in, but those are my three with probably Fargo, one of the newer shows on FX. But The Wire is great because there's just so many characters. There's so much going on. And uh, I'm actually glad that that you made it through all five seasons. And you did it pretty quickly. You did it in about a month, right? Um, Yeah, about mid-December. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. That's pathetic. No, it's not pathetic. That's I got a lot. They're what one hour episodes? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a lot a of time. One hour too. No that's a lot. It's like a full one hour. That's a long time sitting your fat ass on the couch watching TV. Not always. A lot of times I would watch, uh, you know, forty five minutes of an episode or so while doing cardio on my HBO Go on my phone. So <sighs> I found it a good way to work out too. Mm, sure. Uh, uh, shut up. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to take any more abuse. We're going to wrap up side how, B. How do you feel about Joe just gratuitously dropping the f word now? 
he could do all he wants. I'm going to come back on him very soon. I'm actually formulating a plan, and I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to say anything until this bet is paid off finally after the Super Bowl, and then after that, you know, when I can no longer be called a Welcher, I'll come back on him with something. All right, that's, I look forward to that. That's my plan. Well, you can follow James Ward at James Ward CBS on Twitter. You can follow Joe D at Joe D CBS. This is the shameless plug portion of the Permission Credit Podcast. You can follow me at Meraz CBS. Uh, good threesome, guys. I enjoyed it. We lasted 18 minutes. So I think all in all, it's a win for all of us. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> 18 and a half. Don't sell us short. <laughs> no question. No question. All right. Well, gentlemen, enjoy your day. Thank you for joining the PGP. And we'll catch up next week. Always a pleasure, Shawnee. Take care. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.